Chai there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Julia. Hey, Allie. Is it looking a little London foggy outside? <laughs> actually, no, it's a, lovely, it's a lovely day right now. It is, actually. There's like one cloud in the sky. Oh, the moon! And two airplanes I just saw. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then intro song. Ta-da! <laughs> Today is the day. Uh, nope. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So what is today? Today, we are going to be talking about a London fog. What is that? We're going to find out. But prior to my research, I had only heard about it from Starbucks. So I was Same. interested to see what it was. And it's actually a pretty cool story. So, But before we get into that, how you brewing? I'm brewing Okay. Uh, this one is a, a bit of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we hadn't recorded in a month and I updated you on the first two weeks last week. Uh-huh. And this week I'd like to update you on my sick shenanigans. Oh boy. Yeah. So we actually had two weddings back to back weekends. Ah. One was in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And the other one was in Virginia. Oh. We are in South Carolina. Yeah. So that is a 12-hour trip going up and a 10-hour trip going back because the uh-huh. back, for some reason, is a little bit faster. Uh-huh. And to get to Virginia, it's six hours there and back. Yeah. So we drove up to uh, New Jersey to see his family, which was wonderful. We had a really great time. Uh-huh. Uh, Got to go to that wedding. It was an, it ended up being in Pennsylvania, which was about an hour and a half away from his family. So we didn't have to get a hotel or anything, which was fantastic. Yeah. And then we had an awesome night. We danced literally all night. We were like scream singing on the dance floor with some random people. <laughs> we had a really, really good time. Nice. And then the next day, we get a text from the groom that says, hey, one of our groomsmen tested positive for COVID. (laughs) We're like, okay, well, we didn't spend much time with him. That's fine. Uh Uh, So we were were a little concerned, but we were okay. Right. Uh, The day after that, um, we were sent home with some take-home positive – or positive tests. We were sent home with some take-home tests, Mm -hmm. and about two hours into the car ride, I feel like crap. Like, my throat hurt, I am congested, I, I feel sick immediately. Right. And apparently Mike has also been feeling sick, but he didn't want me to feel worried, so he didn't say anything as well. Aww. So the two of us are suffering in silence in a 10-hour in a car ride home. <laughs> Yay! About halfway through the trip, I go, Mike, I think I need to take that COVID test when we get back. He said, all right. So, took the test. It was negative. So I was like, all right, I guess I just have a cold. Right. Um, so I go to work. I feel awful for three days. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on Thursday, Mike is not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So we use one of those take-home tests. He takes the COVID test, and he comes back positive. Uh. So I immediately reached out to work, said, hey, uh, my boyfriend is positive for COVID. Um, mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? 
And she said, are you symptomatic? And I said, well, I've been negative, but yes, I am symptomatic because mm -hmm. I have a cold. Right. She says, well, stay home, rest, um, go get another COVID test. We'll try again on Monday because, I mean, it was just Friday. Right. Took off Friday. Uh, went into the clinic on Monday. They said, you're still negative for COVID. I was like, all right, cool. I feel like crap, though. Like, I feel yeah. really bad. And they're like, well, it's not COVID. I said, okay. So I went to work and I was like, hey, um, still symptomatic, but still negative for COVID. Is it okay if I come in? She goes, nope, you need to stay home until you're not symptomatic. Mm. Um, I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so later that day, I took another test just in case, still negative. Mm -hmm. And I um, ended up making a doctor's appointment because I took a shower and I was exhausted like, mm. taking a shower shouldn't knock me out like that. Yeah. And I, I made a doctor's appointment because I did not feel good. I felt like I was dying. Yeah. Well, turns out this whole time I had bronchitis. Oh, no. I <laughs> did not have a voice. I I, I sounded like this. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you sent quite... me a couple Snapchats. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we ended up playing D&D &D that sun Saturday. Mm -hmm. And... I kind of was able to talk through D&D. I <laughs> felt awful. Anyways, long story short, they got me on some uh, steroids and antibiotics. And, oh, I didn't take mine this morning, which Oops. I need to take. And I am recovering from bronchitis. And Mike has one more day left of quarantine of mm. COVID. And, um, oh, and by the way, the day he tested positive was the day before we left for the second wedding. So... Mm. The wedding that I was in, that I was a bridesmaid for, I was not able to be a bridesmaid in the wedding. So, did they end up going uh, forward with the wedding, or were they going to yes. wait? Because I know it was small, right? Yeah, they they are married. They are on their honeymoon right now in Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations! I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they understand, though. So, yeah, I'm mm. still sick, but better, much better. Good, good. So that's how I'm brewing. How you brewing? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, after all that, uh, my how you brewing for this week is that I've started rewatching Harry Potter. Heck yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've just gotten into very cozy because the cold weather has set in, mm -hmm. which is lovely. So I have been journaling and curling up in my flannel under blankets and watching Harry Potter and napping on the couch. And it's been getting dark by like six o'clock. So, yeah, that's that's about all I got. Oh, and I finally, today, uh, when I visited you last in Charleston, which was almost two months ago. Yeah, it was right around Labor Day. Uh huh. We went to a farmer's market, and I bought a candle that was in a teacup. And the wick stopped burning because it ran out of wick it, to burn the wax. Mm -hmm. So I ended up using the boiling water trick, where you keep pouring boiling water into the wax so that the wax rises. Mm-hmm. Um, to remove all the wax, and now I have my very pretty teacup that I'm using today. It's and really it nice. So much. That's really the only reason I bought the candle so that I could use this teacup. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm using your old teacup that you gave me. <laughs> Cup and salsa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, would you like to do our quick fire question of the day? Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite flavor to add to tea or coffee? So, like. Honey, brown sugar, cinnamon, caramel, lavender, blueberry, pumpkin. <laughs> so 
I have two different answers because I have one for coffee and one for tea. Okay. All right. So I'll do the coffee one first. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am adding a flavor to coffee, right now, my favorite flavor to add is either pumpkin or cinnamon. Uh-huh. Like, especially the cinnamon dolce from Starbucks. Yeah. It's just because I'm in a very fall cozy mood right now. Mm-hmm. So all of my flavors are kind of fall. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite flavor to add for tea is vanilla. Ah, I okay. very much enjoy like vanilla almond milk or a, a vanilla flavored chai or not. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, chai too, but um, chamomile is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I really like vanilla with my tea. Nice. What about you? I, so mine's like not technically something that you could get very many like syrups or flavors of, but I really like just adding the actual taste of creamer, like just cream to coffee and tea, Mm -hmm. specifically heavy whipping cream, but that tends to mess with my (laughs) tummy. But like just that rich creaminess is good. Yeah. Have you tried um, original creamer from Coffee Mate? Yeah, I don't love it. Interesting. But I think it's also because I tried it at work for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was the powdered version, and it was just that kind of like, I associate it with working in insurance now. Oh, it's yeah. not, yeah. That's but fair. Heavy whipping cream. Very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is time to discuss the London Fog. All right. And some other related history topics that I'm very excited to teach you about. Okay. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. Um, so let's start with what is a London fog? Like what is a London fog? What is a London fog? <laughs> Wait, I know the answer to this. Okay. Okay, so it's when the clouds are not up in the sky. It's when it's actually closer to the ground, but specifically in London. I'm going to need you to hold that thought for later. What? <laughs> Just hold that thought for later. I was trying later. to give you a smart answer. <laughs> did you, little did you know, that was a very smart answer. Yay. Okay. So what what is London Fog? So the drink London Fog is a tea latte made with Earl Grey, lavender or lavender syrup, and sometimes vanilla syrup. Ooh. And that's it. Oh, okay. It's really simple. Um, do you want to take a guess on where the London fog is from? London. Vancouver. What? <laughs> it's from Vancouver, Canada. This came from Canada? Uh-huh. Um, it's actually uh, also called the Earl Grey Latte, a vanilla Ooh. tea misto, which I could find no history on where that name came from. Okay. And in Scotland in particular, it's known as a Vancouver fog. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) In Vancouver, it's called a London fog, and in Scotland, it's called a Vancouver fog? Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know what they call it in London. It might not be there yet. That's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in some Starbucks, you might not see it listed on the menu because it's under Earl Grey Latte, not under London fog. But it is the same thing. I do know that when I worked at Barnes & Noble Cafe, people would just ask us for a London Fog Uh because we specifically had a canister tea of London Fog tea bags. Mm -hmm. You can buy them at 
Barnes and Noble. I don't remember what the brand is, but it's really, really, it smells amazing. It might. I wonder if it's the one that I have. Watch it. No, I'm not drinking it today, but it's the tea that I drank when we talked about a tea party because I forgot to buy Earl Grey. Oh, the Rishi brand? No, it's um Barnaby and Sons, I think. Oh, and it's oh in, like, okay. A very, it, the tin is ornate and pretty. Not that tea party. <laughs> Different tea party. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you meant like the tea party with friends in university. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The tea party that we talked about. Oh, oh, that tea party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, There's just so many tea parties. The one that we had at Barnes & Noble was a pyramid bag. Yeah, that might be the... Well, the one that I have is loose leaf, but Barnaby & Sons, they put it in pyramid bags when okay. they It might be the same one. It. It's like a big square tin. Yeah. With was a it like, lid. Was it like dark purpley black colors yeah yeah that's probably it then (laughs) that's funny (laughs) i did also have in my notes specifically to tell you i just added the link on the london fog notes where it says what is a london fog Mm -hmm. to go look at this picture of slices of bergamot that they had in uh on the web one of the websites i was researching on which is spoon university and they were just talking about like what a london fog is but they had this picture of bergamot all sliced up and bergamot is uh, the edges are almost scalloped, so it's picture a green citrus with scalloped edges and all the leaves, and it'll be on our Instagram. But it's so pretty, and that nice. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It looks like summertime. It does, but like fancy summertime. It looks like summertime and uh, cartoon wheels. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cute. So yeah, so that's that's basically the gist of what a London fog is. All and, right. Uh, for the London fog that we made at home today, we made a lavender simple syrup with water, sugar, and dried lavender. And then we brewed really strong Earl Grey and mixed them together. And that's it. It was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I had time to go check the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and try on a dress. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Do you want to try it while it's hot? Yeah. For my dainty cup. For my dainty cup. I also used a teacup. <laughs> This is amazing. It's everything I hoped for. Holy crap. I deliberately did not put my tea or my syrup in the fridge because I knew I was going to want a second cup. This is so good. <laughs> this is amazing. Can you you can imagine making this with decaf Earl Grey and having this right before going to bed? I could. Mm-hmm. It's very oh. sweet. I added a lot of syrup to mine. I did, too, because I was worried about the tea being bitter. Mm-hmm. It's so good, though. This is delicious. I'm really fighting the urge to chug it down and go get another one. This is amazing. I You have outdone yourself. Thank you. I didn't really do very much except for browse Pinterest, but... I, I had no idea that I would like lavender-flavored anything. I don't think I would enjoy it as much iced, which is what the original recipe said. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Um... Didn't it also say to add, like, purple dye? Yeah, but I think that was more just to make it look like lavender. Because, you okay. know, mine mine came out, like, yellow, and it still had some branchy bits in it, even mine though I too. strained it twice. We're not interfering with this. Yeah, this is awesome. I was like, I don't know how to get my tea to be strained and also my my syrup to be strained. And Mike took my French press, cleaned it out, and poured it all into the French press. I was like, that's brilliant. Why are you yeah. so smart? Do you not have a, I thought you had a strainer thing. I did. I used it to strain my lavender. 
and then I was rinsing it out, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to do the same thing, how I was going to put a pot of loose leaf tea into a teacup. Ah, ah. Right, because I didn't use tea bags. I used loose leaf. Gotcha. Highly recommend. Very good. Yeah. I was worried too. Boiling it for six minutes had burnt my lavender because the leaves like fell apart, like just you know the little ones on the buds. I smelled, I smelled burnt sugar, and I was really worried that I absolutely ruined it. But it's good. I kept stirring it to make sure nothing stuck. But... Me too. <laughs> I might use less syrup in my tea next mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm getting to the bottom now, and it's mostly syrup. I also only added about an eighth of a cup of lavender because I couldn't get a quarter of a cup of lavender. I happened to have where when I transported it back, a whole bunch of them fell off and I, I had it wrapped in the brown paper so I scooped that into a Pyrex and I still had that. So that was like an eighth of a cup. So I only had syrup a little bit. I forgot I had some in a bowl and I kept it in my car because I was hoping it would make my car smell like lavender and it just didn't work. So mm. I ended up throwing it away. Ah. Whoops. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the history of the London Fog drink. Yes. So, uh, like I mentioned, it was it's it comes from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and there isn't a set story because, believe it or not, the London Fog was only invented in the 1990s. What? So it is super new. Oh uh -huh. my gosh. The generally accepted story is that there's a woman in Vancouver named Mary Loria. Um, in the 90s, she was pregnant and she needed caffeine to get through her day like it was just a part of her routine, but she didn't want to drink coffee because of the pregnancy. So she would continue going to her local shop and trying to figure out some alternatives that she could enjoy in the morning without overwhelming her system. Mm -hmm. And she found an alternative by adding steam milk and originally just vanilla to an Earl Grey. And in a couple of the stories I read, it talked about that she asked for it at her local shop and they knew her because she was regular and they kind of looked at her like um that's weird but sure and then <laughs> <laughs> she uh decided she liked it enough to just keep getting it interesting yeah um a couple of different sources said that she tried it in different cafes but the one that i saw the most was that her regular cafe was called buckwheat cafe in vancouver mm-hmm um, and the exact year kind of ranges. So I've seen 1992, 1997, but somewhere in the 1990s is when it happened. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the other tea shops that take credit for it is Island Coffee House in Langley, Washington, which is on the state side, that said they came up with the idea for Earl Grey Tea Latte as they served a similar concoction, only theirs was with peppermint tea originally. Ooh. Which does not sound as appetizing, but I also just don't love peppermint tea. So was it lavender and peppermint instead? I think it was vanilla and peppermint first, and then lavender came into play. So wouldn't that just be like a candy cane latte? Basically. Okay. But with tea instead of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. I could not get that. I, I don't think I could get behind that. <laughs> but I really don't like mint, so. Yeah, that's fair. That might just be my problem. <laughs> I I like mint. But I actually like mint better in coffee because it's not so overwhelming. That's fair. I just don't like it at all. It makes my tum-tum hurt. Huh? 
That's fair. Which is ironic. Ironic. It's supposed to be soothing for your stomach. Uh huh. <laughs> it soothes my stomach by upsetting my stomach. <laughs> um, there is a website called Vancouver is Awesome that interviewed <laughs> Mary. <laughs> wow, I just love that that website name. Uh huh. I feel like they're a trustworthy source, you know. I think so. So they got more specifics from her. Uh, and I'll just give you a kind of brief overview of their interview. So back in the mid-90s, Mary was living in Vancouver and working at a paint-your-own ceramics place and living with her husband nearby. And that was when the Buckwheat Cafe was their local cafe that she would visit uh, mm-hmm. basically daily. Um, she said the baking at that cafe was so good that the owner, Renee, was supplying the scones and fudge bars for their local Starbucks. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Isn't it? Like, Starbucks is like, wow, we'll just let you do it. They were so good that they were giving it to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Kind of like your stepmom supplying the crazy Mason with her cakes. Yes. Check out Sugar Moss. We are recording on October 30th, and so for the entire month of October, April has been making um, pumpkin rolls where the cake, I think it was the cake was bright green. And the frosting was bright purple. That mm-hmm. also might have been reversed, but it was green and purple. And she sold them to uh, Crazy Mason so that they could slice it up and put it on top of the milkshake with a little witch's hat in it. That's adorable. The milkshake is called Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun. That's funny. I will put a link to the menu page in there. In case people would like to go check it out. I mean, by the time it comes out, that will not be available anymore at Crazy Mason. But I am sure they will have something else. Uh, definitely. And if you don't know what Crazy Mason is, you should definitely look into it. They have locations in North and South Carolina. And it looks like one in Gatlinburg. That Tennessee. doesn't surprise me. Yep. It is the Myrtle Beach of the Mountains. <laughs> the, hashtag the Myrtle Beach of the Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening from Gatlinburg, shout out to you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being the more elevated version of us. Uh, Literally. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so she was supplying for their local Starbucks. And when Mary was pregnant, she said that she couldn't enjoy her coffee because it was giving her morning sickness. Mm -hmm. Or it certainly wasn't helping the morning sickness. So she asked her barista to actually steep Earl Grey directly in hot skim milk okay like just skip the water part put it in the skim milk and then the barista was kind of like um okay uh and so she did it and mary ended up liking it and then kept tweaking it with vanilla and lavender you know just for her own personal preference but it when she did that it was really just uh she wanted a specific drink not trying to invent something cool for everybody else to follow suit on Mm mm-hmm um, I also put very important information. The baby's name is Molly. Molly. She's Aww. about our age. No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, the pregnant lady was pregnant around the time we were born. So. Yep. <laughs> um, and then once Molly was born, Mary stopped getting the London Fogs because she just went back to coffee. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even called a London Fog then. It was just called Earl Grey Steep and Skim Milk with vanilla and or lavender, depending <laughs> on the day. Um. But the Buckwheat Cafe decided to add it to their official menu. I love that. Uh Uh-huh. And Mary said in her interview with Vancouver is Awesome, 
that she didn't even recognize at first that the London fog that was like on the menus at Starbucks and everywhere else was even the drink that she created because she never called it that and mm-hmm. she didn't really try it because she had her routine already. So it took a few years uh, for her to figure out that that was the drink that she made. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Who knew that one person could have such a huge impact by just randomly craving something while they're pregnant? Mm-hmm. On accident. Oops. And then not really telling people about it. Um, but the cafe did spread the word about it, and then people would get it at the Buckwheat Cafe and then go to other cafes and ask for it. And so it just kind of naturally spread as people realized that they liked it. That's cool. That's about where we are now with it, because it's, you know, in most places, if you go ask for a London Fog, now people will know what you're asking for. But if not, ask for Earl Grey with milk and lavender and vanilla. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a fun update, Mary currently works at the University of Victoria in the arts department making mugs. Aww. And Congrats. Molly said that she loves London Fogs. <laughs> Well, she had plenty of it as a fetus, so. Yep. Is that why I love steak? I had a lot of Kool-Aid as a fetus, and I hate Kool-Aid, so. Kool-Aid? Yeah, my mom craved Kool-Aid as when she was pregnant. Mom ate a lot of Whoppers, but Whoppers are good, but you can never get a hot one, so. I think she craved that, and I think chili dogs. Mm. I just and I don't really like, I'm very picky about chili, too. Interesting. I don't know. I don't think it actually influences it. No, but it's it's weird to be like, I like most of the things that my mom happens to like, and then your mom had a craving, and you're like, no, get that out of my face. Yeah, I was like, uh-uh, no, nope. I don't want here. I don't like that. <laughs> um, so that's basically all I have on the drink itself. Okay. It's it's pretty simple, but it's tasty. Yeah, it is. I just polished off the second cup. All the Earl Grey I made. <laughs> oh, I'm still working yeah. on my first cup, but I'm getting a little overwhelmed by the sugar. Ah, yeah, see, the second one, I didn't make it nearly as sweet. So that is the ticket. But other history other having history. to do with London Fog. How much of The Crown have you watched? Not much. I stopped watching right after she found out that she was queen. Ah. So episode, like... Two or three? I think three. <laughs> three or four. Sorry, did you hear that car go by? It was very I loud did. in my headphones. I'm I sorry. it was a train. You're good. I can tell you it was not episode four. Oh, okay. Because the topic I'm about to cover is episode four. Oh, I just needed to watch one more episode? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that? Because it's kind of more exciting if you don't know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, I didn't quite get there yet. No, you're good. So, this episode is coming out on December 5th. Our episode. Yes, this okay. this episode we're recording right now is coming out on December 5th. Okay. Do you want to take a guess at what happened on this day, December 5th, in 1952? In 1952? Mm-hmm. Uh, the queen was coronated. No, she's already coronated before uh, that. I have no idea. What? A lethal smog covered London. Remember how earlier you said fog real low, <laughs> specifically over London? Yeah. That happened, except it was smog, and it hung around for four days. Oh, my god! It stayed until the ninth. From what? <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Okay. <laughs> but episode four of The Crown, which is called Act of God, specifically talks about that. So 
I know it's very exciting to lose. <laughs> you have essentially predicted this entire episode without knowing it. Oh God. Okay. All right. Tell me about it. Okay. So, um, I got a lot of this information specifically from the Britannica uh, articles about it because mm-hmm. I wanted to be as accurate as possible, and I feel like they're a good source for things that happen in Great Britain. They said, to quote them word for word, the lethal smog was caused by a combination of industrial pollution and high-pressure weather conditions. Interesting. So this wasn't the first time that a smog had settled over London. They mm-hmm. actually they happened often enough to have a nickname, and they were called pea soupers. Ew. Because pea soup is a, a big thing in London. Or not in London, in the UK. Um, it actually is in Harry Potter at one point. In a movie I was just watching, it was in the beginning of Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Cornelius Fudge brings Harry in after he inflates his aunt, and they meet briefly in the tavern, and Harry spends the night there before he goes back to Hogwarts. And Cornelius Fudge casually goes, do you want some pea soup? And he just I has this about big that. pot of pea soup in front of him. And I was like, hey, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that. I was like, that was random. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that popular. Yep. What even is pea soup? Did you happen to look that up? Uh, I could look up a quick recipe. It's, it's just pea soup. I like pea roux, which is a Cajun dish. It's literally peas in a roux. Vegan split pea soup. Oh, it's like split pea soup. Okay. Yeah, and it looks like a lot of them have ham. Interesting. But it's got like that greenish yellow color. You Ooh. know? <laughs> I mean, squash soup also isn't a great color if you just look at it. On its own. That's fair, yeah. Nor is mushroom soup. Soups just aren't a great color. They're always like a weird, muddy, yeah, neutrally warm. Side note, while we were sick, <laughs> I made a lot of soup, and they were some <laughs> of the best soups I've ever had. Meanwhile, poor Mike couldn't taste them. No, I purposely made them with lots of texture so that he could uh, feel the soup. <laughs> I was like, what do you think? He said... It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot and chunky. Yeah, I feel really bad, but it was so good. Mm. Um, so anyway, so the historic smogs that settled over London were called pea supers because they were also that kind of greenish yellow, brown, gross color. Um, it's actually been an issue in London since the 1200s because really? that was when they started using more and more coal. And Britannica says water vapor, spelled uh, V-A-P-O-U-R, because we're in the UK, right, would stick to the particulates released by coal-burning factories, producing dark and heavy clouds that impaired visibility. So in 1952, the lethal smog was especially bad because it happened to coincide with an anti-cyclone. Oh. I had to look up exactly what that meant. Is that like... A typhoon or a, uh, a, like a hurricane, but for the UK. Almost, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have to involve so much rain mm-hmm. and like precipitation, but it's any large wind system that rotates around the center of high atmospheric pressure clockwise in the northern hemisphere and counterclockwise in the southern. That's interesting. It's like the exact opposite of a hurricane. Exactly. Well, that's why it's an anticyclone. Right, because hurricanes are low pressure systems. Mm-hmm. And it rotates the other way. so. Um, but when that happens, it basically traps the cold air below the warm air above. So all of the emissions that were coming out of both commercial and domestic fires 
were just kind of staying where they were. Oh, jeez. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And there were still a lot of domestic fires because, you know, London is an old city and not every building was updated with heating and air by 1952. Right. And it was December. So it was oh. really cold. Burr. And people were just having to burn coal and wood and everything else to keep themselves from being sick. Hmm. Ironically. <laughs> um, so when you watch the Crown episode, it gives a very good visualization of it. And I highly recommend to anybody interested. But the smog was so bad, you literally could not see your feet when you walked outside. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it stayed like that for four days. Um, so ambulances couldn't travel. People would try to drive and then end up just abandoning their cars on the road. Indoor plays and concert had to be canceled because the air started to come inside if it, you didn't completely lock down a building. So right. you couldn't even see the stage when you were sitting inside. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in the episode, they talk about how some people, like even government workers, couldn't come to work because it was dangerous to walk outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically just had to stay in your house and put towels around every opening, every window and door and everything else, and hope that it went away soon. So as you can imagine, the lethal London smog caused a pretty significant amount of deaths in the four days that it was around. I would guess so. Is it from people that were like immunocompromised or is it like super toxic like to anyone it was super toxic to anyone specifically a lot of deaths were caused from people breathing in the foul air and they would develop pneumonia and bronchitis hey that's what i did uh-huh well not for <laughs> that's that, not thankfully. funny <laughs> <laughs> that's why i I, re- I scrolled down and saw bronchitis and i was like oh she also happened to mention bronchitis at the beginning of the episode <laughs> um Britannica also mentioned that herds of cattle in Smithfield reportedly choked to death. Oh my gosh. So it was, you know, people were dying, animals were dying, everything just kind of decayed rapidly in four days. That's rough. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the local economy boomed. Nope. Um, A few weeks after the fog lifted, the the estimated deaths were around 4,000. Wow. So about 1,000 people a day. That's um, crazy. Present day estimates that include after effects are closer to 12,000. So 3,000 people a day. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. The Crown episode also pointed out some other ways that people died. You know, from pneumonia and bronchitis and with the ambulances not being able to travel, you couldn't get to the hospital, but the hospitals were already overwhelmed. But mm-hmm. just with people trying to navigate and continue to go to work, there are some people that they show in the show that walk out in the street thinking it's fine and they get hit by a car. Oh. <laughs> or car accidents on car on car and everything else because you can't see. So you just kind of have to hope you don't get run over. Jeez. Or stay inside and hope you don't suffocate. That's a whole different kind of lockdown. Uh-huh. How did we not learn about this in school? Because it, it was only four days in 1952. I'm pretty sure we've had wars that lasted less time that got covered in history. Uh, it's also in the UK, not here. So That's still incredible. <laughs> um, four years after, so in 1956, mm-hmm. the Parliament passed the Clean Air Act, which established smoke-free areas, significantly restricted the burning of coal in domestic and industrial furnaces, 
and it actually started to offer grants to homeowners to switch to things like oil and natural gas and electricity to mm-hmm. kind of help get London past everybody burning coal all the time. Well, that's good. Yes. Um, I I don't know how accurate the crown is, mm-hmm. but in the episode, which is minor spoiler, so I apologize, but okay. it focuses on Winston Churchill's reaction mm-hmm. and, of course, Queen Elizabeth II's reaction. But Winston Churchill, being prime minister at the time, would have had a more direct influence on everything. Uh, he was very, not lackadaisical, but very it'll take care of itself. This sort of thing just happens, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's called act of God, because he kept saying it's it's an act of God and I can't do anything about it. So we should carry on with the rest of it and the rest of governing and we will deal with the repercussions of this when we can. Jeez. But they do uh, give great visualizations of not being able to see and what the hospitals looked like when they were overrun and people getting uh, the people getting hit by cars and all the consequences that you didn't think about. So. Mm-hmm. It is uh, interesting. Well, I know what I'm doing after we finish recording. <laughs> That's watching that episode because I am fascinated. Uh-huh. But I was so excited to, one, want to do London Fogs, and two, realize we could release it on the day that that happened. That's really cool. That's good timing. Right? We've had a few of those. Yep. Um. So that's all the information I have on the drink and on history. Mm-hmm. But I do have three quizzes. My gosh. To choose from. We're not going to do all three of them. Okay. But they are all kind of related. Well, I see one that I want to do. I know. I figured you'd want to do that one. Maybe minorly obsessed. <laughs> Thought about rewatching it. Uh-huh. Okay. The other two are not as exciting. So let's just stick to that one. Okay. So. The quiz from BuzzFeed, of course, is which female Bridgerton character are you based on the castle you build? (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, at trivia this week, we had a Bridgerton question because it was really week. Uh What was it? It was uh, in the Netflix hit show Bridgerton. Lord Featherington's three daughters and wife all have names that begin with what letter of the alphabet? P. It is P. Yeah. I had a lot of people put A. No! <laughs> they were like, ah, whatever, I'll just pick one. But How could they not remember Penelope? Well, they might they might not have even watched it. I love the show so much. <laughs> Alright, so you have it open. Yes. Uh, the first one is pick an exterior for the castle. Ooh, does that include the landscape? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. So I will describe them for our listeners. There is one that is kind of square shape with they all have the traditional rather pointy tops on them um but it's square shape and it's right on a lake and the lake's very reflective and the sky's bright blue and there's trees everywhere and it's very pretty um there is another one that is a taller castle that almost looks like a a school kind of shape um and it's set in it looks like not quite mountainy but very hilly grassy green there's one with a very manicured lawn and a little roundabout there is one that looks more like Buckingham Palace, but with a gate, and it's a little bit has a little bit more trees. There's one that looks like it's built on a full-on moat, <laughs> and then there's one that's built up on a hill with a whole bunch of little houses and stuff around it. I want the second one that's like in that hilly cliffside, mm. the one that's kind of schoolish. Yeah, I like the the scenery in that one. Yeah. Okay. Next is pick a staircase. Ooh. 
So we have a a white marbly looking staircase that kind of curves up around the outside of the room with very nice black wrought iron ornate handle handles railings handles. railings <laughs> you know your staircase handles <laughs> i started to say hand bar and then i just went to handles railings um there's also a more traditional staircase that goes up and then splits to the right and left with white everything except for a red carpet going up the middle then there are a couple that look very hogwartsy there's one yeah. that's just a very wide staircase and it's dimly lit in stone and then there's another one that is also uh, kind of that warm, light color, but stone, but it has a cute little like fountain thing next to it. Uh, there is a large white staircase that does the same go up to the middle, split to two sides, but it's much taller and the room has big sunny windows in them, so it's a lot airier. And then there is another one that almost looks like a secret passage that you would see in a castle that's like winding down the tower around the side and you're like sneaking off to go do something you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. I am very torn between the one with the ponds, like the little fountains, uh -huh. and the one that looks like a secret staircase. Mm -hmm. I imagine that the top of the one with the fountain has that little secret staircase in it. Probably. The, the secret staircase reminds me of the towers in Harry Potter, though. Mm hmm. And I love those windows. We're going to go with the one that looks like a secret staircase. So then we have choose a dining room. And one of them is, it has a big rectangle, most of them have the big rectangular table in the middle. Uh, but this one has some portraits around the outside and the walls are all white and it has the nice like ornate decorations around the top, the trimming sort of decorations. There is another one that also has a rectangular table and has a very red carpet and really interesting red ceiling. It has like arches that give it a nice wooden color and then the ceiling itself is red. And it also has a fireplace. Uh, then there's another one that's much more ornate and looks like a, a study from Clue or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it, ha it also has the cool chairs that have like the gold that go up almost like miniature thrones. Mm -hmm. There is another one with a checkered floor and light pink walls that look like a cute little tea room. Then you have... A dining room that looks more like something you'd rent for a wedding reception. And they forgot to turn the lights on. <laughs> yeah, it's also in the dark. <laughs> but it has uh, the circular tables with white tablecloths and white chairs. And it's not super decorated. And then you have one that is very large. And it looks like it could be in the White House or something. I mean, the walls are literally white also. But it has a rounded wall with windows and probably easily 50 seats and some chandeliers. And it's tall. I'll be honest. I don't love any of these. Mm -hmm. I think they're very strange. <laughs> but we're going to go with the tea room looking one. Okay. I think that's the most normal for my taste. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so next you are choosing a bedroom. There's one that has a, it's like a little vaulted ceiling almost in it that has more trimming decorations around it. And it has a king size bed and a cute little uh, table and set of chairs over by a window. And it has a, a lot of these have very warm tones to them. I mm -hmm. guess you need warm tones when you're living in a giant castle. <laughs> um, another one has a little vanity looking set up in front of the window and a chair next to it. Plus the bed with the canopy drapes around the side of it. Uh, there's another one that looks like a room that you would get at an upscale hotel. Where it has like the nice king size bed and a nice clean headboard. But it's it looks very unlived in. Yeah. Like, it has some portraits and mirrors, but otherwise it's kind of plain. 
And meanwhile, the fourth one looks super lived in because there is a blanket dangling very uh, artistically off the bed. Some heels just tossed in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Casually. But it does have a whole other section with a few chairs over by the window. And an, it looks like a nice shelf and a closet question mark area and a very large chandelier in the ceiling. It reminds me of the room in The Princess Diaries when she comes to live in Genovia. Yeah. That's what that room looks like to me. <laughs> Um, I think I'm gonna, man, if this was my castle, I feel like I'd choose the first one, mm-hmm. but I, part of me really likes the last one, but I hate how pink it is. Yeah, but it would match the dining room. It would match the dining room. Can we just pretend it's not pink? Sure. Okay, we're gonna choose that one. Okay. We have a very girly castle, I guess. <laughs> I guess if you have a castle, it has to be either moody or girly, and there is no in-between. I guess. Yeah. Um, Next, we're going to pick a ballroom. So, the first one is probably what you would think of for a traditional ballroom that has big white walls and a chandelier and a lot of gold decorations and a very shiny floor. Mm -hmm. um, And a lot of gold. The decorations continue onto the ceiling. The second one has a much more ornate work in the actual white arches of the wall and it's round but it looks like a weirdly ornate rotunda yeah to me at least it looks outside <laughs> the third one looks like something from a lady gaga music video yeah it does like it ju- it has i can see at least six sets of pillars that the top of them look like golden pineapples and there's archways in between them it's really pretty but small yeah I don't know how you dance around all that. The third one, uh, how do I describe this? Looks like the lobby of a train station. Yeah, yeah. Like it has the pillars on the side, but also a big empty space and some benches. And It looks like maybe a lobby to a museum. Mm-hmm. It, it gives me lobby vibes. You see it on, a, on the tour of an old house that you're walking through, but nobody actually uses that room anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fifth one looks like something you would see almost in a side part of a cathedral this looks like the louvre yeah we'll see i haven't been there so it looks like that (laughs) ah okay it's very archy ceilings and there's a lot of artwork up on the ceiling but it's almost dim and it's very long and rectangular again weird to dance in yeah and then the last one is very bright white there are rows of white chairs and the walls are white with some like very little brown accents there's a lot of very bright white chandeliers and a very ornate white ceiling yeah i definitely don't like that one that looks like it'd be terrible to try to keep clean could you imagine spilling wine at a ball in that ballroom no i'd feel terrible (laughs) um i think i'm gonna choose the first one because it's the most normal i don't love it but i don't hate it oh that's fair Okay, and then we are going to pick Choose Something Regal to Wear. Heck yeah. So we have, uh, the first one is a yellowish golden dress. that It looks strapless, but the picture's kind of small. Um, and it's not too poofy, but it does have a healthy skirt to it. Mm-hmm. The next one looks something that's more in the shape of like a Greek goddess. And it's mm-hmm. a, is that like a sagey green? Yeah, I would call it a sage green. Uh, it has a, a really cool flowy shawl that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one looks like something I would expect from a tea party. Yeah. It's got like flowers on the bottom and sequins on the top. Bedazzled on the top. Something. But it's very, I think it, I think that's called an A-line cut. 
I think so. It's either A line or Empire, depending on how high it sits on our waist. Yeah. Uh, the fourth one looks like Belle's dress from Beauty and the Beast. And then the other two are men's jackets. So the first one is like a layered with different textures and shirts under it. And then mm-hmm. the last one looks like a three-piece suit with a kind of almost heather blue grid looking pattern. Very Wall Street stock market movie style. I was going to say modern. Well, yeah. I, I was thinking like Wolf of Wall Street. Either 1920s or modern, but not in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to go with Belle's dress. I love the ball gown. If I am going Perfect. big, I'm going big. Yep. Okay, and then the last one. Who would you want to share the castle with? Oh my god, I have to pick a Bridgerton character? <laughs> yep. It is Anthony Bridgerton, Benedict Bridgerton, Colin Bridgerton, Simon Bassett, Daphne Bridgerton, or no one. Eloise is not an option, apparently. But I would much rather spend it with <laughs> Eloise or Penelope. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Colin because he's a romantic. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit so I don't give away the answer right away. Okay. But you're powerful and you don't listen to anyone. Naturally. You often get upset when things don't go your way and you may even become manipulative to get what you want. In the end, you're still respectable in the eyes of everyone around you. Am I Daphne? You are Queen Charlotte. Oh my god! (laughs) You are full on queen. I feel like that didn't describe me at all. I feel like that's the opposite of who you are as a person. I'm such a mellow person. Like She's so judgy. (laughs) I'm judgy on the inside sometimes, but like not that much openly does not care judges get out of my face if i don't like you yeah i don't do that <laughs> okay i'm gonna breeze through real quick let's see i like the moat castle Ooh. um i think i am gonna pick the fountain staircase and i am going to go with i'm gonna go with the first dining room that has the portraits but only because the windows are really big and it okay. looks funny and then the bedroom i'm gonna go with the first one that looks like uh I don't remember how I described it before, but it's comfy. I'm going to go with the same ballroom as you because the other ones just don't really make sense. Right? They're so weird. Mm-hmm. I think I'm actually, I'm going to go with the first dress because I like the bell dress, but I think I would get irritated with that big of a skirt pretty quickly. I think my wedding dress might be a ball gown, depending mm-hmm. on how I look at the <laughs> ball gown. So I Do hope it. you're ready to help me pee. <laughs> oh, I am totally, I will hold your skirt any day. <laughs> All 20 layers of it. <laughs> I feel like I want to be a princess, but a princess is so expensive. Yeah. And I'm so small. Small people don't look good in ball gowns. You do what you want. We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it gets there. We'll cross that moat when it gets there. <laughs> we'll cross that Bridgerton when we get there. <laughs> yes. Too many bridge puns. Um, I would probably share my castle with which one is benedict again uh the second born i think he's the one with no anthony's the one with the opera singer yeah i think benedict's more respectable i can't remember is he the one that like he basically had to do everything with his mom because anthony bailed right more or less or did he just kind of not do anything i think he was just there 
I don't remember. Hmm. It's been a couple months since I've watched it. I'm looking at his face, and I don't remember him doing very much. See, Simon's attractive, but I couldn't handle that moodiness. Right? You just bring me down. The passive aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with no one. I don't want to share with anybody on this list. That's fair. Well, I also got Queen Charlotte. Heck yeah. <laughs> we are powerful and don't listen to no one. Yeah. Except for most people that we care about. But that's <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> Except for everyone who has anything to say to me. <laughs> I care a lot. Uh, I like that quiz, though. I think it's that was a good quiz. London slash Canada. <laughs> Landida. Landida. Canadan. Canadan. <laughs> Canadan. Uh, so Landed anyway. Canadan. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. So what are we doing next? Next, um, I think we are going to dive into uh, something that I've been wanting to do, which uh, is hot chocolate. Um, we are probably going to do either that or, uh, an undecided episode. It's going to depend on the mood and depending on our resources Mm -hmm. and depending on the holidays. True. So next episode's a little up in the air. Yay. (laughs) But potentially some science with hot chocolate. Science. I'm excited. I don't know what the science is. I don't even know what's happening. I can't tell you the science. (laughs) I just want I just want to be there and experience it when it happens. Be there, be square. But I am a square cuz you're not around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh um anyway. Anyways, thank you all so much for listening to our uh London foggy adventures. Uh as always, our sources will be in the episode notes and that includes research sources, the quiz and the recipe. You can also find our podcast on our website, uh, webrewgood.podbean.com. That's webrewgood.podbean.com. Or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikToks at <laughs> webrewgood. Or you can send us an email at webrewgood at gmail.com. Psst. You should tell the guinea pigs that we have something special coming up for Christmas and New Year's because we have episodes coming out back to back those weeks. So it's very exciting. Tell them they're going to be thrilled. I'm so pumped. Um, before we end, I need to check our reviews because I forgot to do that last week. All right. Last time we checked, do you happen to remember how many reviews we had? Like star reviews? Nope. Okay, well, we currently have five five-star reviews. Whoop, whoop. So thank you to those people who left us some five-star reviews. Please leave a comment with a username or something so that we can thank you personally or send us an email and say, hey, I just wanted to say that your podcast is great, and we'll thank you personally right here on the podcast. Yeah. Everybody, stay out of the smog and uh, stay, stay brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.